Well, hello and welcome to the Chairman's Lounge, the most exclusive, reclusive, elusive, collusive and dare I say transfusive place on the planet where Daniel James and I get the news of the week, we ply it with rum and then we pass the hell out of it like we're on shore leave. That's, uh, that's a very elaborate intro. Justin, how long did that take? Minutes. Uh, today we are live from the Chairman's Lounge at Portsea. So, uh, uh, Chairman Daniel James, what, why have you brought us here to... Uh, it's beautiful. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's bloody gorgeous. It's very nice, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a really lot of puffer something. jackets. Uh, lots of uh, jumpers tied around shoulders, but um, apart from that, a lot of very, polo, very nice polo shirts of yeah. in salmon. Yeah. yeah. By the way, um, I'm actually not going to have an entree today. I had um, a bit of salted platypus beak, beak earlier on, uh, so I'm just going to have uh, this last glass of water from the Newer Glacier in Alaska. Very expensive, but no entree. No. How's that? Oh, it's lovely. Ooh. It really is. It's not There's something about having the last glass of a glacier <laughs> that makes you feel alive. So See, you're probably wondering so why I people, brought you here. People trash climate change, but there's there's always an upside to everything. I don't like to think, say, binary about it. You know, <laughs> there's, there's, right. there's grey in everything. Gray. There's grey. There's grey in your water. So you, we're here at Portsea. Mm. Gorgeous spot. Lovely. The sun is shining. Uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're replete with, uh, with our lunch, and, and, but why? why there's, a lot of, there's a lot of conflict around the world, and I don't want to belittle that for one second, but there is also conflict here at Portsea, namely at the Victorian um, Portsea Golf Club, which is having a bit of a hissy fit over the fact that it is rumoured mm. that uh, former Premier of uh, the People's Republic of Victoria, uh, Dan Andrews, is rumoured to be wanting to become a member of the Portsea Golf Club and uh, several members of that exclusive club mm. uh, are throwing a bit of a hissy fit. They told him to stick it. Stick it where? <laughs> just said, uh, stick it. So I, uh, my first question to you then is, who are these dead set tossers uh, at the golf club? Who oh, that's were good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me... Who, 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 let Explain. Let me Tell put me. it this way. The story has emerged in, um, in, in my favourite paper and, and your favourite paper, uh, the Herald Sun, Justin, um, over the last week. And it's a reminder that during the pandemic, golfers were some of the biggest whingers after the 50,000 cafe owners who were asked their opinion every night in the news for mm. two years. Um, I remember I'm surprised they didn't come out of that with their own show. Exactly. <laughs> Is <laughs> it some sort of reality yeah, TV show? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Cafe Go Go. Yeah, Cafe Go Go. Uh, the Has Beans. Ca- oh, no, I've got it. I've got it. Cafe Island. Yeah, good. I like oh. it. That'd be a beautiful island. <laughs> good spot. Um, so You'd look, never sleep. But Like I said, with, with these types, we're talking a lot of puffer jackets. We're talking uh, people ruminating about Melbourne Football Club's chances next year. Uh, we have a lot of people talking about what, or pretending to understand what polo is and the ins and outs of the game. Uh, lots of talk about the shadow they're thinking of getting in the south of France, even though it takes 39 hours in transit to get there for a quick weekend getaway. Um, it's also a chance at places like uh, Portsea Golf Club for the fellas to get together 
and openly talk about their mistresses and how unaffordable rent prices are mm. as they have to pay for the girls on the side to be put up in apartments in Southbank. Right, so it's a good spot. It's a, it's a good spot it's for a good friendly spot. people. It's a good spot if you're in. Yeah, if you're one of them, yeah, you're in. It's a it's 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 Nirvana. So explain this to me. Uh, you know, as as, as they didn't even give uh, Daniel Andrews a chance to put his uh, his form in before they sort of put in this tea time induced apartheid. <laughs> what <laughs> what uh, what have they got to you know like uh, uh, is he is he not one of them? Is he is he, you know what what? Well, he put golfers through hell during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. That's the first Son thing to of remember, bitch. Justin. Yeah, yeah. The second thing to remember is that he's from Wangaratta mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. he's a public school boy, not a private school boy, not a school tie to be seen anywhere in his closet. And so he's not one of them. Is he one of us? Well, he's probably not one of us either, but um, he's kind of like in no man's land when it comes to fitting in with the, with the elite within the state. You know, he, he can get access to anywhere as a, as a former premier, but this is one opportunity that the, um, the big men of Portsea have decided you're not getting any fucking access this fucking job. <laughs> is this not... Is this not, though, a golden opportunity missed by these tossers that instead of actually keeping Daniel Andrews on the, on the outside, could you not say, hey, Dan, listen, mate, next Saturday we're going to make up a four, then he gets there and you've got 18 holes to bash his ear yeah. about where he screwed it up during the, uh, during the pandemic. And what every, it, every response yeah. of his would be... I didn't come here to talk about that. Yeah. I came here to play golf. And their response would be stiff shit. Look, there is one level-headed person in this whole debacle. Mm, please. And that is the club president, Phil Kramer, who sent a member update to its base stating if and when a formal application is received, it will be treated in accordance with the processes outlined in the Portsea Golf Club's constitution, which includes notification to the membership base... <laughs> Please note, our next membership intake is scheduled for the end of the first quarter of 2024. Now, as I mentioned, there is a lot of turmoil around the world at the moment. And I reckon if we're to get anyone in the case, it's going to be Portsea Golf Club President Phil Kramer. Because he's the adult in the room. Yeah, yeah that's right. And the only one, it would seem. So, uh, a very well-dressed, level-headed, constitutionally-minded individual. I have a solution to this. Please. It's somewhat find it uh, controversial. I don't. We have a housing crisis in this country. Um, rents are unaffordable. Uh, new homes to first-home buyers are totally out of scope. So my, my solution is to bulldoze every golf club in Australia and yeah, build yeah. Uh, public housing on top. That way you fix the housing crisis and you also don't have the, the trouble of Dean Andrews ever inquiring to be a member of your golf club because there isn't one. I thought you were going to say uh, we'll put some tents on the back nine. No, go no. fucking go hard or go home, mate. No, no, fantastic. I'm not sure how the uh, former Premier of Victoria would feel about this because he's a very keen... He's a very good golfer. Is he a good I've golfer? Heard. I think he's he a play? very good golfer. Can he actually play? Maybe we're onto something here. Maybe. They don't want good golfers there. They want some... Try hards that knock divots out. Maybe he's a little bit too good for him. Swing like crazy and don't know what the hell they're doing. There's one thing can be sure is that you and I will never be members of this golf club ever. We can see it from here. 
and we'll never be members. But it's very green. It's very I, green. I believe we can survive. Very it. flat. Very good for public housing towers. Really it, is. It's something. I, it's not a phrase that I uh, a word I like to use too often, which is un-Australian, because there's mm. always a lot of flag waving. Um, uh, Southern Cross tattooed bullshit that goes along with saying un-Australian. But yep. I've got to say, the uh, out of the Middle East, the hatred that we are seeing um, towards people here is just... Uh, I don't think I've actually ever seen anything like this, to be honest. No, we live in very tenuous times with the horrors that are continue to unfold in Gaza, the loss of... Thousands of innocent civilians, the majority of which are, are, are children and babies. Look, can we have an impact on what's going on there directly as citizens here? Of course we can't. But what we can do is, with our own lives, and remembering that all lives, in a way, are, are, are local and the politics around our lives are, are local, is to make sure that our, um, our friends, whether they're Muslim or, or Jewish are going okay, making sure that the rhetoric we use around uh, this uh, conflict, this humanitarian crisis is measured, um, that we don't inflame tensions, that we don't single out any particular part of the community here in Australia, in our community here in Australia, as being um, uh, at fault. There are political forces at play. Netanyahu is a corrupt war criminal. Um, it's got a, a, a thirst for, for, for blood when it comes to these things. But that ha- Hamas doesn't... Is a terrorist Hamas is a terrorist organisation. Um, that rapes and kills people. That rapes and kills people. There are no... There, there are limited good guys when it comes to this conflict. So what we can think about is the humanity. And all humanity, um, for me, is, at the moment, is, is local. Yeah, I like so, that. I so like that's that. the rhetoric, no. checking in on friends making sure that you don't add fuel to the fire because we're beginning to see conflict on the streets of uh, towns and suburbs and cities in this place. And there's something else that has come up, is anti-Semitism is being talked about and and should be talked about and should be called out. Always. But there seems to be this kind of thing that has come in, and Peter Dutton was was doing a bit of this during the week, which is that they only want to talk about the anti-Semitism. We don't want to look at the other side. It, It is... I think you can support and love the Palestinian people without supporting Hamas. Yeah. Without, and, I mean, and, and, and the word ceasefire has become a dirty word. Well, well surely the idea is to actually stop fighting. Well, so surely that's actually the plan. Ceasefire is, is the only way. Well, you know, surely. Is to actually stop people from fighting. But I think that has also got to include the Israeli hostages have to be freed and Hamas have to be taken well, the out whole of, idea of, of the power in Gaza. Is to stop killing people and to negotiate yeah, some sure. sort of peace moving forward, whatever that looks like. But there's something tribal that has come in here, which is if you talk about anti-Semitism, this, this has come up a lot this week, if you talk about anti-Semitism, you're not allowed to say something like, hey, but what about the Palestinian kids? Yes. Because all yes. of a sudden that's being anti-Semitic. No, what kind of bullshit is that? Well, earlier this week, like an addict who had heard that there is a new batch of crack cocaine at the drug house at the end of the street, Peter Dutton woke up and sense that there was an opportunity to drive even more division through the Australian community. He does that. He does that. It's, that's, that's what he loves to do. And so, therefore, he was demanding from uh, the Prime Minister that he denounce anti-Semitism. 
um, and that basically saying that the, the Prime Minister and the government has gone soft on anti-Semitism in this country. Now, of course, Albanese didn't take that bait. He said, well, of course I denounce anti-Semitism, but also um, denounce Islamophobia. And that uh, the lives of everyone in the Middle East in, in, in this particular horror show that is occurring in Gaza is precious and that we're thinking of them. And it was a reminder to the, the rest of the Australian public and to the parliament itself was what we can control here is the way we conduct ourselves around these conversations. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just been through a referendum. We've been through a pandemic where divisions have opened up within our society and they've never been wider or deeper. Mm. Why would you bother trying to make political points out of this conflict and drive a further wedge between Australians at a time where... Um, there are very real consequences on the line here. Now, I think, I think if you, you, you do need to watch how you do it, you can't have a pro-Palestinian rally, for example, and, and not be a person willing to denounce Hamas. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would suggest that would that's, be my that's position. Pre- I would think that would be pretty fair, wouldn't it? But you can say, listen, we would really love it if we could stop bo- dropping bombs on kids. Well, you know, I'm, I'm being serious. If you you, yeah. you want to stand up and say, "Hey, listen, we are sick of sick of this," um, but surely, like I said before, the outcome's got to be they release the hostages, and a mass is no longer in power because they can't stay in power because they've showed what they do with it. Yeah, well, you know, their their point of view is they want Israel uh, wiped off the face of the earth. Um, Netanyahu has basically said the same thing. Um, about Hamas, which is a terrorist organisation, but there are complications and intricacies within that as well. And I would have thought that one of the, um, the, the main ideas moving forward, one of the w- main ways to go about it, is not to keep blowing up fucking hospitals and killing, killing children. I mean, you're going to lose the PR debate on that. You will. You're going to lose legitimacy for Israel in the eyes of many. Um, so... Again, it all comes back to you and I calling for, everyone else calling for, a ceasefire. Whether you and I call for it means nothing. The only person that can really impact what's happening with uh, uh, the Israeli government, the far-right government, is Joe Biden. There's yeah. nothing that you and I can do to actually impact yeah, that, well, even I, if Anthony Albanese comes yeah, out and calls I, for I, a I, I also don't think it, it is as one-sided as, as that, because I think for that ceasefire to happen to... The Hamas need to do something about it as well. And there would be sides that, not technically Hamas, but there are Palestinian forces as well that would that need to do something. It cannot only be on one side of this. Both sides are going to have to say, Hamas is going to have to say, well, listen, we're no longer who we are and we're going to change our ways yeah. before if, that happens. If you, you look know? at it from I'm a not letting go, I'm not letting off Israel off the hook No, here. but if you're looking from a purely human perspective, there have been 10,000 people killed in the last three or four weeks. Yep as a result of uh, Israeli bombing. Um, uh, yeah, that's not to, to delegitimise what happened on October the 7th at all. Uh, it's, it's like us losing the referendum. When I say us losing the referendum, um, Aboriginal people losing the referendum, yep. being pissed off about it, uh, getting a bunch of AK-47s and going to Golden Plains and mowing people down because we don't like the, the result. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I, I see what you're saying and I respect it, but I don't think it is because what Hamas did on that day, that can't, you know, that was an extraordinary attack. But that was not, that was a completely disproportionate, for what they're trying to fight for, that was just pure evil. I'm not excused. So not, the question not, is, is, is the Israeli response proportionate? 
I mean, that's that's a horrible term to use because yeah, we're talking about human beings here, and we're talking about yeah, them yeah. like they're collateral. Yeah. Um, uh, which side wants to be the biggest side here, the terrorists I'm or the Israeli government? I think I think they're in danger of. I think what you said, they're in danger of losing people. Israel is in in danger of people turning around pretty soon and saying, "Hang on, hang on, hang on." Ooh, ooh. Uh, having you know, said all that... You're losing the righteous side here. There was a poll that came out this week that basically indicated that uh, 60% of Australians uh, don't want to know about the conflict and certainly don't want any sort of action, um, local action or hostility on, on the conflict. Mm. Um, so is that, is that two-thirds, again, that are suffering as a result of uh, uh, the cost of living crisis, a whole bunch of pressures on their families, and they're thinking, well, that's over there, this is here... And so it's food for thought in terms of the people on both sides of the debate, and particularly on the extremes of both sides of the debate, is what you're actually doing on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. Is it actually being effective in trying to resolve the conflict, or is it just heightening tensions here? And that's a question that people need to ask themselves. How's that water? It's now it's gone, and once it's gone, it's gone forever. It's gone. It doesn't come back. i got a question uh, just before you leave. Uh, if Trump gets back in, how fucked are we? We are totally and utterly fucked. There's no doubt about it. He's, he's using Hitler-like terms, describing his political opponents as vermin. He's already talking about rounding them up into camps and uh, exiling them from political life. Uh, he's no friend of the environment. He's no friend of democracy. He's no friend of his own people. He's no friend of his own family. He's gone. There's gone this thing. This thing happened here. Because what he had before is this kind of craziness. But you could see in his eyes that it was all a plan. You know when he went on with that bullshit about fake news this and fake news yeah. that? He set up the New York Times to help him out with that. So that he would say fake news. They would balk at it. And then they would even they would look fake. Okay, yep. so you, you know what I'm saying, he did yep. that. But you could see in his eyes that there was some kind of plan. That plan's gone. He's now flicked the switch to total nutbag. He's, he's, gone, he's gone next level. Um, but the, the polls say that he's in a, with a, the real chance <laughs> of winning the presidency. Now, what does that mean for allies like Australia that have put all our bundle in with, with the Anglosphere and the Americans and, and the Brits to a lesser extent? Does that mean... What does that mean? Can we trust the United States to do anything they say they will do if it's being led by someone like Trump? And that, well, and that's but we see we've been walking down that track for a little while. Though you look at uh, even morally, you look at what the United States has done or hasn't done rather with gun control. Mm. How do we morally align ourselves with people like that? And that's not just about Trump. Trump is sort of the peak of that, you know. Trump is the cartoon version of that that's come to life, but, but, but that's been around for a hell of a long time where we can't look at them morally and say, well, what are our connections with these people? Uh, look, I would suggest that there are probably several countries around the world that we are more morally aligned with than, than the US and their approach to gun control, their approach to the way they deploy their military across the world, the way that um, they, uh, you know, use their democracy for good and for bad, the way their approach to democracy, their approach to free speech, are all things that I would suggest are out of kilter with the values that we hold here. This is a final call for Mr Justin Smith and Mr Daniel James to depart the Chairman's Lounge and head to your gate. 
So that's it from the chairman's lounge at Portsea, where we say... Last mouthful. <laughs> that's Fantastic. it, it's gone forever. How's that feel? That feel... Yeah, that to be frank, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. To put you up there with I'm the sure gods? I'm there's another glacier doesn't, around. Doesn't so put you up there with the gods? That's a shame. Disappointing. Uh, uh, here from the chairman's lounge at Portsea, where we can sit around, we can't get a turkey for Christmas, but we can say, thank God we're driving down inflation. Yeah, absolutely. We have been produced by the Content Engine, the podcast and video content specialist, and live members of every Chairman's Lounge in the known universe. If you want to get in contact with us, please do live from the Chairman's Lounge at gmail.com. Bye.